Welcome to the Branches podcast. Branches is a community of faith, hope, and love in the South Orange County. We are a church for people who don't go to church. If you'd like to learn more about our faith or our community, visit our website at branchesoc.com. We're going to be in Matthew chapter 11. Uh, Matthew is the first book in the New Testament, so it's like three quarters through. Uh, Matthew chapter 11, and this is the verse we're going to be, the passage we're going to be going through the entire, the entire month. Uh, because we are going through a series called Tired. We gave an introduction to it a couple weeks ago telling you this was coming. And so this morning, uh, we're going to focus on busyness. So I want to give you our verse first so you can see it. It's Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30. So let me read God's word. This is the words of Jesus here. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. And we are going to look at this idea of, the, of this passage, what Jesus is trying to communicate to us. Um, in the context of Matthew 11, in the context of who he is and how he revealed himself and the truth of what the life is that we were called to. And we're going to look at it from different angles. And this morning, we're going to look at it from the angle of busyness. And I know many of you here are like, I'm not the least bit busy. This has nothing to do with me. But for the few of you that feel maybe a little bit weary and burdened because you're too busy, we're going to um, look at that this morning. And like most people... Um, Women do this better than men. You're already beating yourself up. I talked to one of my friends this morning. She's like, every time I come on a Sunday, I'm just like, okay, how am I going to get beat up today? Bring it on. Because she just thinks she needs it. And that's not what Jesus is even saying here. But we can always turn that around, can't we? And to make it like, oh, I've done this wrong. But Jesus is saying, stop beating yourself up. You're weary and burdened and I will give you rest. Now, in this whole concept of being busy, um... I thought it'd be interesting for you to hear what's been going on in our culture over the past just few decades. I'm not even talking centuries here. Um, there was a guy named John Maynard Keats. Of course, you all know who he is, economist. And so he was in the early 19th century, and he was trying to figure out how the future was going to look. He's an economist. He predicts the future. And he saw all this technology that was developing. This is in the early 1900s. So we didn't have dishwashers then or, or computers or anything like that. But he saw technology, and he's like, whoa. This is going to be fantastic. He goes, because what's going to happen is, by the, this was his prediction. By the middle of the last century, the middle of the 19th, so around 1950, give or take a few t- 10 years here or there, the average workday would only be two and a half hours. That was his prediction. Um, and here's the crazy thing. In the 19... Uh, 19- 50s, no, 1970s, no, 1950s, they had um, the workday has multiplied by four weeks just from then to 1970, just 20 years. It's gotten way worse since then. And yet, that's before they had all the technology we have. Why is that? Why is it that we've been given all of this to create less busyness and we find a way to create more? 
Franklin Lloyd Wright, right? Frank Lloyd Wright. You guys know who that is, right? The, the architecture. So he started designing things. He's like, we're going to have a lot of luxury coming up here. We're going to have a lot of leisure time. So he started designing buildings to have spaces to have leisure time with each other because he thought that was coming as well. Um, and there was a 1960s study where they were actually concerned. It was a government study because they were very concerned saying, look, what are we going to do with all of this leisure time, their prediction in the 60s was the, the, the average work week is going to shrink down to 20 hours. What in the world are we going to do with all that extra time? Anyone here got that extra time? Anyone got some extra time to spare? Now, you may be in a season where you're like, oh, I just lost my job. Or, hey, I, my kids just went to college. Whoopee! You know, whatever. You may be in that stage. But guaranteed, you'll find a way to fill it back up again. Because we are restless. Because we are petrified of actually standing still. Or as Pascal said, we are petrified. Man is frightened to death of being in a room alone by himself. And even just as afraid to be with another person. So if we could just be busy, we can cover up the fear and the restlessness. And so what we're going to do this morning is we're going to look at what Jesus is calling us to. And I want us to notice something unique that you might not have noticed yet in this passage. Um, here's something else I, I found. I was doing some research and on some studies. And since it's a day that focuses on moms and especially on women, um, women don't struggle with being too busy. I know some of you are like, oh, really? <laughs> Listen to what I say on this. When women were, it was a research from a local university here in Southern California, and the, the research that they did saw that women weren't really struggling so much with the busyness. Their struggle was with the conflict of their different roles. They had the conflict, but I'm supposed to be doing this, and I'm supposed to be doing this, and I'm supposed to be doing this, and I'm not doing this well, and I'm not doing this well. I'm supposed to do this right with kids, or I'm supposed to do this right with my job, and I'm supposed to do this right with my family. I'm supposed to, I'm supposed to be working out here, and I'm supposed to be eating this, and I can't have GMOs, and I've got to do this, and, I gotta, and all of this, and all of that conflict. And then on top of that, the judgment that they feel, whether it's real or perceived, and it doesn't matter whether it's real or not, if it's perceived, it's real, of other people judging the women, either women or men judging them for them not doing one of those roles to a certain standard. And so because of that, a woman striving even more to do more, to do more, so that she can take care of all of those conflicts so she doesn't feel like they're conflicting against each other or that all of her roles are fighting against one or the other, or so that she can avoid the judgment that is either real or perceived from other people. When you look at this passage, if we go back to the other slide, we'll get to this slide in a second. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. This room is filled with people who are weary and burdened, male or female. Because we as a society, this is what we do. We fill the open space and we make ourselves busy. And with that, we become weary and burdened. With this passage right here, it says, come to me. This is Jesus speaking. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. And in the context of that word weary and burdened, they're communicating two things. Weary is communicating like, not like, oh, I'm a little tired. No. And we're not talking about physically tired. Okay? We're talking about the emotional, mental, spiritual, like the, the unseen part of you. 
that's, here's another way to say weary, exhausted. Another way to put that a word next to, to weary or exhausted is impossible. Like this can't be done. Burden is not just, oh, I got a little bit of weight. No, it's like the weight that you can never, ever, ever in your life lift. It's like me sending my boys out, my uh, 11-year-old, 10-year-old. You know what? Can you go out there? I need you to move the car. I'm not going to give you the keys. Just move it. Like, and I need you to move it up that hill, up towards the cul-de-sac. If you could push it up that way. Like, it's not going to happen. And yet, they might be able to move it a little bit, but they'll never be able to finish the job because it's beyond capabilities. It's impossible. So Jesus is saying, come to me, all you who have this weariness, exhaustion that is impossible. For those who have a burden and you cannot push it, it is impossible for you to finish this task. Come to me. Another way to say it, this is how um, the next slide says it. So the, um, we, we use the message a lot in a couple of the translations because they put it in language that we might be able to understand more clearly. Are you tired? Are you worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. I know, it sounds too good to be true. We'll get to that in a second. But we need to be realistic of who we are. We are not invincible. Anything, any machine that is overburdened and overstrained is going to break down. I have a 2001 Chevy Suburban. That thing is overstrained, and I'm embarrassed to say... It is not really kept up like it should be. Anything that is not maintained as it should be or is overstrained is going to break down. And after 215,000 miles, that bad boy is breaking down in every way you can imagine, in every corner of the car. And we operate at the same pace. We're overburdened and we're not well maintained. And Jesus is calling us to him. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Now, the rest, I want us to focus on that word. Because the kind of rest that he's talking about is not the kind of rest where you're like, oh, I'm tired, I just need to go to sleep. Like, that kind of rest, like, if you want to wake yourself back up, you can buy that. Right? You can go buy the coffee. You can even buy the illegal substances that will give you that pick-me-up. Or you can buy the, um, what do you call them, the um, uh, homeopathic options. And you can take those herbs or those illegal herbs. And you can take those things and they will give you the physical little juice that you have. But rest cannot be bought. Because rest is for the soul. And so Jesus is calling us to, if we go back to the other slide, Jace, the other... He's saying, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, I will give you rest. For I, I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for what? For your souls. And I want to make sure we understand this. When Jesus is calling us to him, to take his yoke upon him, we'll talk about that here in a second. He's calling us to work. 
Now, this is language that we don't usually use. Um, so I'll try to translate it for you. So he says here, take my yoke upon you. And a lot of times people read that and they're like, wait, how do you spell yoke from an egg? Is that Y-O-L-K or Y-O-K-E? So we don't know what it is. Like, how about take the egg on me or the yoke? What's a yoke? Because you don't know what a yoke is. You're not supposed to know because it's not a common everyday thing for us today. But a yoke um, is what the oxen would wear when they were going to pull. They were going to pull to till up the land or whatever else they had to pull. And typically in this culture, what there would be would be two animals. And you would have the two animals, and you would usually have the veteran, the older um, ox, and then you'd bring in a young ox, because the young ox would learn from the old ox, right? So let's say you got a dog, and then you get this puppy. And let's say you actually have a dog that does everything that they're supposed to do. We don't have one of those. If you have one of those, and you get a puppy, you want to bring the puppy, and you want that little puppy to grow up with the other dog, because the other dog will go, look, we go pee over here, come over here. You know, they'll actually like teach the other dog, like the younger dog will learn from the older dog. And it's the same way with the oxen. And so when you do it, you don't just bring in two random ones. You train one. And then you, if you have a new oxen or a young oxen, he's right there next to the older one so that they work together. And this ox treats, teaches this ox. And so in the Judaic tradition... A thing they would always say about rabbis who were mentors, who were um, Pauls, who were um, Paulinas in people's lives. What they would do is they would say, look, take my yoke upon you, which means you're learning from them. You're coming underneath them and learning about life. And so when Jesus says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, they all knew what that meant. Basically saying, let me direct you. Let me teach you. Put on this. That changes everything, doesn't it? So when Jesus is saying, come to me, he's not just come to me. I'm going to give you something to take away the pain. No, that's not the way it works. It's not that easy. It means that you come up next to Jesus and he says, look, it's going to fit correctly. And yeah, we're going to pull something, but it's doable. And you will find rest for your souls because I am gentle and humble in heart. I really like the fact that he says that. I've heard that before. And I thought, yeah, what is, whatever that means. Like, oh, you're really nice. Now think about this. What, what's the opposite of gentle and humble? And I put down a few words here. Burdened and wearied. And you've already heard those, right? Because he just mentioned those. Um, frantic. You know what frantic is, right? Like my kids experience that pretty much every morning from either their mother or I. Get up, get up, get up, get up. It's that rush, right? That like push. So he's saying, I'm gentle. I'm not going to go pushing you. So if you're feeling this push, it ain't from the Lord. I mean like a push. Like, oh, you know, like when you get pushed. Like I had a kid run into me today. And luckily he wasn't huge so I could handle it. You know, I can usually handle it anyways. But he ran into the back of me. And like it's that push. But if you have something big and strong that's like pushing on you, it's like, oh, and some of you are living your everyday life that you wake up and you feel like you're being pushed or even worse, you feel like you're being dragged. Like I'm humble. That's the opposite of being dragged, rushed, pushed, dragged, frantic. Jesus is saying, look, I am gentle and humble in heart. As we walk together, as we work together, as I show you how to do this life, it's not going to be crazy. 
And so if somebody calls you or emails you, hey, I need you to do this. I can't. I'm just too busy. Then what is pulling you and what is dragging you? Because the Lord says it's not going to be him. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now, there is still work that he has for us to do. We talked about it as men here. We have a purpose here on this planet Earth. God has given us work to do. So it's not like, hey, just kick it. God just wants you to come to him and hang out and make sure you have plenty of sunscreen. No, God has work for us to do. But there's a difference between being weary and burdened and being full. Does that make sense? There's a difference between being busy and being full. I was talking with a friend about this tonight. He goes, he goes there's those days when you feel like you've done it right. Those days when you're in bed. And he was, he was talking about a, um, a mission trip. I can't remember which mission trip he was talking about. But he, he said he went... Um, he went to this place, and he was with his friend, and that night, they, like, went to go down to bed, and he looked at each other, and he like, dude, I'm ex- I, I can't keep my eyes open. Like, I'm really exhausted. He said, yeah, but he said, isn't it a good one? He goes, that's just what I was thinking. And they, the words they used were, we just felt, like, full. There's a difference between being busy and being full, because if it's full, it's that fullness. Now, look at this verse in the context of what we just said, John chapter 10, verse 10, Jesus said this. He said, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. That's busyness. If you're busy, then it feels like being stolen from. It feels like you're dying and being destroyed. But Jesus said, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. That is what God intends for us. So let's think about this for a second then. If we could go back to um, uh, Matthew 11. So Jesus said, come to me all you who are weary and burdened and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Which is saying, follow me. Do what I do. Let me teach you. Then if he is calling us to him and he expects us to walk with him and he says that my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And he also says you will find rest for your souls. Then if you are exhausted and burdened and frantic and you feel pushed and pulled or you feel stolen from or you feel like you just can't make it, you feel like you're close to destruction. Then here's your big question for this morning. Whose yoke are you pulling? Because it's not the Lord's. And why would you want to spend another minute or another day pulling some weight that wasn't intended for you, that wasn't fitted for you? We understand what it is to be restless. Our souls are restless, but they're only going to find peace. They're only going to find shalom with the Lord. And it doesn't, and so how do you do that? Like we talk about this, following the Lord, but the reality is how many of us are in the word of God on any kind of weekly basis? We talked about that. Our goal for this year, five and 15, to spend at least five minutes every day, starting off the day with God. And of course, people are like, I don't know how to do that. We're like, hey, just do something. 
sit with him, pray out loud with him. You can say, to God, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Or you could even just repeat this verse or many other verses that we've given you. Say, Lord, I want to come to you. I don't want to be weary and burdened. And I want to take away the weariness and burden from other people. I want to follow you. I want to take your yoke upon me. Because I know that you know what you're doing and I have no idea what I'm doing. And I've got all these things that I feel are pulling me into this day. I I woke up this morning. I feel like there's all this stuff that's dragging me. Or I feel like this pushing thing behind me. Lord, I don't want to listen to those things. I want to listen to you. This Bible that you've given me scares me to death. I don't even know where to go. I started reading Genesis and it bored me to death. Then I got to Numbers and I felt like quitting. And this Paul guy, he scares me. And when I read your stuff, do I have the right translation? Because I can't understand what you're saying. Lord, so I don't know what to do, but I want to come to you. I need your help. And it's not just you say it. You've got to start making the walk to do that. As we, as the men talked about while you were out there. Like we have to take that upon ourselves to learn how to walk with him. We can't just use excuses. But you know what it's like to wake up in the morning and feel that way, don't you? Or it's time to go to bed and you're weary, exhausted, but you can't sleep. Because your brain is racing through everything you have to do or you should too. Who said you should do it? We need to step back and say, wait, who's in charge here? If I'm not supposed to feel this way, where is this coming from, Lord? Can you give me eyes to to see? Search my heart, oh God, and, and help me with these anxious thoughts. See if there be any unright way in me and lead me in the right way. Come to me. I love... And I mean, I had like so many verses here to share with you guys because it's like Jesus keeps saying it over and over again. Like, come to me. Come to me because he loves us. Maybe, maybe it's not that we're too busy. Maybe it's that we're too busy with the wrong things. And if you know that it's a pull or a push when you wake up in the morning or go to bed at night or maybe in the middle of the day where you just have to escape, like if you continually have those thoughts of I need to escape, that's not from the Lord. You are letting someone else be in charge of your life. And it's not the Lord. So here's my challenge for us. And I want to put one more verse up there. Uh, Galatians 1. This is a very important verse to me. You are going to go to bed tonight. You are going to... We have a... You guys... Half you guys didn't see that. But we have like... They have parties here every Saturday night. And then the balloons are hidden. And then right in the middle, they just start falling down. So we just had one launch. Um, so you're going to go to bed. And then you're going to wake up in the morning. Lord willing. And when you go to bed tonight, and especially when you wake up in the morning, this is a great verse that you can use for your five minutes of prayer, for this habit that you want to develop. Of course, we said, shoot low, five minutes. Hey, if you're like, five minutes sounds too much, make it a minute. If five minutes is too small, hey, keep going. Nobody put a cap on you. But this would be a great verse to pray. Lord, am I now trying to win human approval or God's approval? Am I trying to please people? And then make this your prayer, what you want to commit to do. If I were still trying to please people, I would not be a servant of Christ. Christ's yoke is easy and his burden is light. Remember, this is the verse that 
every follower of Christ should have memorized. Matthew chapter uh, 22, it's, it's several times here in the gospel. Matthew 22, 37 through 40, Jesus asked, what is the greatest commandment? Or another way to say it, what's the most important thing we could possibly do? Or when I wake up in the morning, what should I do? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbors as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. Another way to say all the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments is to say, that covers everything. Everything. That's my yoke. That's what it means to follow me. Wait, no, 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 what else? No, there's got to be more. No, that's it. To love him with all of your heart. Now, it's not easy, but it's doable. All of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your mind, which means you are going to actually seek the Lord and say, Lord, I really do want to follow you, which means things are going to have to change. Because once you make that decision to follow him, when you know that you're holding back something and you decide to follow him, things are going to change. We say this all the time. He's going to mess up your life. And, and I can just feel it in this room right now. Some of you are like, Lord, please mess up my life. Please do something different because I don't want this anymore. I want what you want. And you know what? He's going to give it to you. But it's going to be hard. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. You can wake up in the morning and go through the day and go, well, should I do this? Should I not? Well, is it loving your neighbor as yourself? Is it going to bless someone else? Not what's it going to give to you, but is it going to be some, something for someone else? And if you live your life in this way, you'll be able to go to bed at night you will still be pretty sleepy and you'll still be very thankful for your bed. But you will be full because that's the life that God intended for us. I want to pray for us. And I want to invite the worship team up to lead us in prayer. So let me pray. Father, this is um, very easy for me to teach about because I feel pushed and pulled in so many different ways. And I want to um, pray for us as your people, for those that are visiting, um, that know you, and for those who are visiting that don't know you. And above all, we want you to speak to us. We want to come to you. And there's always going to be something keeping us from you. I don't know what it is, others here. I know what some of the things are for me and I need you to search my heart and tell me what some of the other things are that I don't see. But draw us to you. We want to live that full life that you promised us, that you spoke to us. Lord, above all, uh, not just at night or in the morning, but when we see you face to face, we so desperately want to hear those words. Well done, my good and faithful servant. Father, remind everyone here, Lord, remind me that it's not that hard to hear those words from you. We make it harder than it is, but you don't. Lord, we surrender to you in the name of Jesus. Amen.